When is the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? Your host is Gina Glenn, who welcomes you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and our special guests and friends from around the world to join in live. Put on a comfortable pair of jammies, pull up a chair, settle in with your favorite refreshment, and prepare to be blessed as Gina welcomes tonight's guest. And now, here's Gina Glenn. Hello and welcome to Mommy Jammies Night, our once-monthly get-together where we talk about things that are important to moms here on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Sony Pictures, Sony Pictures Animation, along with Affirm Films. Look for the links in this podcast on mommyjammiesnight.com, where you will also find the show notes for this episode with Carla Archer talking about mindfulness and its connection with anxiety. We're thankful to our sponsors for allowing you, the listener, to enjoy the benefits of free programming. You can find the replay of tonight's show along with the past Mommy Jammies Night at mommyjammiesnight.com and also on Google Play and iTunes where we love five-star reviews and feedback there. So thank you. A special guest tonight. Oops, I'm getting myself moved around here. Our special guest tonight. Her name is Carla Archer, and as I mentioned, she's going to be talking about mindfulness and its connection with anxiety. I will tell you how I met Carla. I met her online, Um, you know, one of those online friendships, and I like to know personality types, and we ended up being the same personality type. So, of course, we're instant friends. Um, I don't know if that's true for her. (laughs) I hope so. Um, But... Another thing that drew me to Carla was her struggle with anxiety, and she says in her story that despite the fact that her husband, she and her husband had anxieties as children and adults, it was startling to realize that they had four bright, gifted children who were also struggling to cope with anxiety. And I don't know if that's just the moniker of the day, um, you know, fear and anxiety, but I'm looking forward to um, listening to see how you can help us navigate anxiety and anxious thoughts and tips for our children. Um, You can visit Carla on her website. It's Living the Life Fantastic. And she has a goodie there for you, um, a mindfulness journal pages and some other resources. I'll include all of those on the Mommy Jammies Night page for this broadcast. So welcome to Mommy Jammies, Carla. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. So now tell me, how long have you been blogging at Living the Life Fantastic? It's actually been um, seven years. It's it started, it's it's really um, evolved. Uh, When we first started it, it was um, as our family blended um, when my husband and I uh, got married and had had blended our our households um the the children i i I brought four children into the relationship and we just um it was it was interesting to watch it because they watching my husband and the children you know blend together um it really he has no children of his own so it was um really that was kind of how our blog started. It was just this blogging about how we um, 
became a family and how mm -hmm. some of the things that we were doing that um, we had kind of committed to doing differently, um, you know, as a family. And um, some of it was a little bit against the grain. Um, it was before minimalism was very popular. It's become very popular mm -hmm. in the last handful of years. But that was one of the things we had committed to. And um, along with um, what we kind of called purposeful parenting and just being very intentional in our lives. And that was really how it started out. And then as our children grew um, and we started realizing the um, the their personalities and the things that we were dealing with and that, that was where it started evolving into writing um, a little bit more about some of the struggles that, that we were having to work through. And then it just, um, in the last year, fully um, has kind of, I kind of full, fully embraced the anxiety aspect of it. And mm -hmm. I had written about it myself, about my history. I, a couple of years ago, I did a series on panic attacks and, um, and anxiety on my blog and my experience with it. And um, it was one of those 30 day, 31 day um, series that you see. I think they're actually in October is when they traditionally mm -hmm. have seen them, but different people do them. Anyway, I did mine on that, and that really resonated with a lot of people. I've always been very open about my struggles with panic attacks and anxiety through my mm -hmm. blogging, and it's something that I found has connected a lot with people. Um, and so as I started writing about that, you know, I included aspects of um, working with our children with it and their struggles with it and things that have worked. And that was something then as well that people started um, uh, really asking questions about and seeking out, um, you know, their by top um, most visited uh, posts have been for several years, the posts that I've written about anxiety. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I knew people were seeking that out. I'm not a therapist, but I'm, I've, you know, I've navigated this with my children, and and so that's mainly I just write about what has worked from our perspective, um, you know, along with research that I do, uh, that sort of thing. So that's how it evolved into the anxiety aspect, mm -hmm. uh, just because it's something that we're dealing with on a daily basis on some level or, or another. Mm -hmm. Well, I noticed on the blog, it even though I, you're dealing with anxiety, the blog itself really focuses on, um, I'm even in the anxiety, I noticed on the blog you have three um, sections, you have anxiety, minimalism, and giftedness, but even in the anxiety section, it is about anxiety, but it has a real shift towards, a shift of focus on managing and um helpfulness and dealing with it and um, without making it all about the focus of anxiety. Is that intentional? Am I making myself clear? You know, because you have like. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I, you know, I, I think one of the, some of the first posts that I wrote about were this is what a panic attack looks like. You know, when I did it three years ago, it was like, this is how to know somebody's having a panic attack. This is what, mm -hmm. you know, this is how to help somebody who has, is having a panic attack. This is, you know, they they were kind of there were some of those sorts of things, and there were some um, kind of inspirational reminder quotes that I 
would have and um it was um it was actually it was interesting it was during it would have been during october because i remember writing it and um my father-in-law passed during the time that i was doing it which kind of created more um you know it it ended up being a very stressful month that i was writing about anxiety and it was a very anxious, anxiety-filled month for me. And so there mm-hmm. were times where I just had to, you know, I had big plans for it, and I did write a lot on it. But at the same time, I had to admit in the series to the readers, like, you know, I made this commitment, but this is all I have in me today to write about. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of creating mm-hmm. a graphic with an inspirational quote because I just didn't have, you know, the the brain power to to write um, constantly about that, you know, without it turning mm-hmm. into a, this is what I'm dealing with kind of thing. So um, I had kind of gotten some of those, this is what anxiety is post already out of the way when I did that series and then when mm-hmm. I started. But my focus definitely has intentionally shifted to here's things that are helpful. Here's things that, you know, here's how to find a therapist. Here's how to, you know, here's how some breathing techniques that are helpful. Here's mm-hmm. da, 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 da. So that, that's kind of, that has been intentional. Um, I think some of that also is just, you know, since I'm not a therapist, you know, I'm not in in trying to help somebody diagnose any of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more about trying to, to give them tools to be able to, to help if they do see um, anxious tendencies in their in their children, um, mm-hmm. you know. But I even have a post on self care for for parents when they're dealing with this and the importance of it. Mm-hmm. Because when you are dealing with an anxious child, it's easy it it's easy to forget those things whether you're dealing with an anxious child or not. We as moms mm-hmm. tend to kind of back burner a lot of our own stuff. Um, but with an anxious child, it's it's especially important because you can't be at your best to help them Mm -hmm. if you're not taking care of yourself either. Right, right. And there's so many things that can bring stress into their lives, whether it's testing. We dealt with some severe anxiety Mm -hmm. regarding testing. Um, But along the way, even the subject of math, (laughs) just a subject, brought brought up some um, serious issues with anxiety and clutter. that is a huge anxiety causer and just clearing out that old energy space, you know, and in getting things out and organized can help with anxiety. So there's so much real goodness on the blog. I'm, um, I encourage listeners to visit living the life, fantastic.com and seeing all yeah, the that good was, things Carla has there. That was why I kept that minimalism section on there because I, you know, it was, I really saw it tie in to anxiety, and that was kind Mm -hmm. of part of why we originally even started it on our own when we were doing it was, you know, just recognizing the the mind clutter that that physical clutter can cause um, or digital clutter or any of those kinds of things. And so, um, you know, I didn't keep – I don't think I kept every post up – that had to do with it, but I, I intentionally kept the ones that I felt really did show, 
you know, either how to do it, how to get started with it, but I tied it in recently with how um, clutter can cause anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. And stress. Okay. Well, I'm going to quiet down here, and I'm going to go ahead and let you um, get started and, and share us share some tips and suggestions with us on um, mindfulness and its connection with anxiety. So I'm going to be quiet and let you get started. I'm excited to listen. All righty. Okay. Um, one of the things that, uh, as I noted, in, as Gina and I were talking in the introduction, that I struggled with, have struggled with my own anxiety since I was a child. Um, it wasn't until I was in, after my second child was born, that I realized that I probably had been having panic attacks when I was younger, um, you know, they were never officially diagnosed, but I have a, a fear of um, of getting sick, of throwing up. And there, there's a real name for it, and it eludes me right now. Um, but it's a there, it's it's prevalent enough that it has its own name for the phobia, and it would cause me panic attacks. But I, I like I said, I didn't know that these were that this was what it was until I was uh, in adulthood. And it was a big deal to me when I went off to college and my mom wasn't there and I had my first bout of the stomach flu and took care of it, you know, took care of myself on my own and didn't freak out and didn't panic and, uh, you know, was able to take care of myself. And But as someone who has struggled with anxiety for a good chunk of my life, one of the things that has, has been most helpful for me as I have come to terms with my anxiety and the panic attacks that I uh, was having that at when I was, um, it was in 2003 after my second child was born. So I can't quickly remember the age that I would have been 32 at the age of 32. I realized, you know, I was having such frequent panic attacks that I was afraid to go to the grocery store on my own. I had a neighbor that would ride with me. I had, she was close enough by that if I, had one and, you know, I would have and needed some help as I was getting the the children down for a nap or anything like that, that she could come help me. Um, But as I learned about my own um, struggles with panic attacks and started looking for ways to, to help myself through those and deal with my anxiety, one of the things that became most helpful for me as I learned to manage it was becoming mindful of my thoughts and my body and my breathing. And um, that was something that I learned early on with with the panic attacks and then even with anxiety and stress that we tend to restrict our breathing. And as our breathing restricts, it changes the blood flow through our body and the oxygen that's flowing through our body. So there's a physiological component to all of this that exacerbates a lot of the um, the feelings of anxiety. And since one of my triggers was um, nausea from my fear of, of getting sick, it became a vicious cycle for me because when you aren't breathing properly and you start getting, um, you're restricting your breathing, you start getting a little lightheaded or you start feeling a little bit woozy and you've got this fight fight or flight thing going on and so suddenly you don't feel well and then that panic kicks in going oh my goodness I'm going to get sick and it just becomes this cycle 
And it can be really hard to get off of once that cycle is spinning and going. And again, this to bring it back around to mindfulness, that's where the mindfulness started helping me because it allowed me to step back and assess the the physical feelings that I was having, the thoughts that I was having in my mind and um and and be aware of those things particularly my breathing and in the direction the train of thought that my mind would go into so that's where mindfulness has for me been a really um one of my go-to tools for managing my own anxiety but also helping my children learn to manage their their anxiety as well in fact, one of the things that we used to do um, when kind of we had kind of a, a um, shortcut um, for uh, for letting our children know when they needed to breathe, and that was just to say breathe. I would just say I would just use that word. I would say just breathe, and we we call it flooding is what we call it in our household when that excitability starts coming on and, you know, it's it's a lot of fun being excited and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes knowing our children, it can often take a turn into a little bit um, too high energy and a little um, manic looking that can then cause anxiety in one of the other kids or, or in us. And so we would, our shorthand for that was telling them to, to just breathe. You know, we might say, "Hey, you're 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 flooding a little bit," and or "Are you flooding a little bit?" And then tell them, you know, just just breathe, take a breath, and it it got them back into their um, it got them tuned back into how they were feeling physically, and to um, to to be aware of that and to pay attention to those sorts of things before they got to that feeling of, of being feeling too out of control and anxious. So getting back to, to what mindfulness is, I've talked a lot about it and how it's helped me, but there's often a lot of questions about what mindfulness is. And that was that's really what I want to cover in, today as I'm talking is what mindfulness is and some tips that you can do to utilize it with your children and even with yourself. As I noted in the introduction, it's so important for us as parents to practice our own self-care and to be aware of these things as well. And I think in most of my posts when I write about them, one of the first things that I note when I'm saying, okay, here's here's how you can start ex- you know, such and such with your child, one of the first things that I always note is, you need to start practicing this yourself. And I think that's a good tip for most of us when we are teaching something to our children is to understand it ourselves and to to practice it on our own. Uh, so that, one, we can set an example, but also it allows us to explain it and and really understand it ourselves versus just saying, here's something I read in a book that's going to help you, and so try it. But if you can try it yourself and learn to practice it, um, one, you've got some, some buy-in, but it can help you even if it's a struggle for your child to learn to implement it. So um, one of the things that 
people often ask about mindfulness is what, you know, one, what is it? And then once they hear what it is, they start wondering, well, is it, is it, you know, is it meditation? And is it about relaxing? And so those are some of the questions that I want to address. And the, the answer to, uh, to what, what mindfulness is, is that it is being aware, um, really the, the shorthand of it is, John Kabat-Zinn is the founder of, of mindfulness-based stress reduction, which he has create, taken mindfulness and made it something that is, uh, a lot of businesses use. And so he, it's called a, a, a secular mindfulness. There's no, um, there's no spiritual component to any of, of what is being talked about here. It's strictly just a, the way he defines it is the awareness that arises through paying attention on purpose in the present moment and non-judgmentally. So that's a mouthful of words, but really what it is is paying attention to the here and now rather than to the past or future. And so when we can get out of our head that what a lot of people refer to as the monkey brain, that where our brains are just um, going in a million different directions and there's a lot of chatter and a lot of noise in it, that's a lot of, that's a lot of times where um, anxiety is, is, is dredged up. Our brains are going, are, are dwelling in the past or thinking on things that we have to do in the future and the anxiety and the unknown that that causes. And mindfulness brings us back into that, um, the here and now to where we can focus on, on what we're doing now and, uh, what's happening, how we're, how we are feeling physically, how we are breathing and just paying attention. And so that is what mindfulness is. And what it isn't is, as I said, it's not meditation though. Um, unlike Eastern meditation or some of other meditation practices, it's not about achieving some other state of consciousness. It's actually about having an increased awareness of your present and not pulling away from it. So often, like I said, when, when that monkey brain gets going, we are everywhere but here right now. We're thinking about all the things we need to do or didn't do or should have done and not about paying attention to the fact that, you know, oh, I'm sitting on the ground and I'm, you know, my body feels, my arms feel tense and kind of doing those sorts of things. We're not thinking about what we're hearing right now or what is being said to us right now. So mindfulness can be a part of meditation, uh, but it's not on its own meditation. Um, it's also not about religion. It's not a spiritual practice. There are spiritual practices that do incorporate it, but it's there's nothing. Um, it, it's it's it can have that component to it, but in and of itself, it isn't about promoting a set of beliefs or anything like that. It's again, it's just about being present in the here and now. It's also not about relaxation, which can seem. Um, kind of that like what kind of moment because <laughs> because you know you're trying to do that when you think of 
of anxiety, you think, well, the opposite of that would be relaxing. But that's not necessarily the case. Um, anxiety, you know, isn't, the opposite isn't relaxation, but about, um, it is about that calm that's, that you can find. And so it can help us calm down. Mindfulness can help us calm and relax, but it's actually about awareness and not tuning out as we tend to do when we're relaxing. So if you think about relaxing, often you're zoned out. You might be relaxing while reading a book. You might be relaxing while, you know, falling asleep in bed. You might be relaxing watching TV, but you're not. um, You can do those things and be mindful, but often we tend to not, you know, we're just kind of falling asleep as we're falling asleep. We're reading a book and we're paying attention to, the reading, but we may hear other sounds around us. So uh, it's not it's not about relaxation. It's really about um, just about an awareness. So being aware is active. It's not passive. So that's where kind of the relaxation aspect. Um, again, you can do it while relaxing, but in and of itself, mindfulness is not relaxation if that makes sense. So being aware of activities um, or being aware of things activates our senses and parts of the brain that can stimulate it. So that's where, you know, you can fall asleep while being mindful, but there's also a, a very real aspect of it to it that it can make you more alert. So again, uh, again, it's not meditation, it's not religious, and it's not relaxation, but it is about awareness and being in the present. Um, one of the other things that's often brought up and asked is, um, you know, okay, now I now that I know what it is and what it isn't, um, what are some ways that I can have my children try these for for their anxiety? And as I noted, one of the best ways is to first start doing it yourself and to try it. And your child can practice at any time, but for actual uh, practicing to learn it, I would encourage to keep it simple and unforced. If your child's not interested, drop it and try it another time. You don't want it to be something that they see as like, oh, here's another, you know, here's another one of mom's ideas or that sort of thing. Um, but you... You can you can do it by even just doing it yourself. Um, you're the best gauge of what your child can and can't manage. And if they're becoming bored or distracted or agitated while doing it, you can ditch it and try it again another time. But some of the the some age appropriate ideas would be um, like for a toddler blowing bubbles. This is a really hard. Uh, this can be a difficult age to teach your child mindfulness. But if they can pick it up, they can begin experiencing the benefits of it at an age when they really do struggle to control their emotions. Developmentally, um, you know, a a two- and three-year-old, there's not a lot that they can manage and control in their world. Um, You know, they're pretty much, at like, subjected to as far as, you know, if a parent wants them to get in the car and go here. But if they can learn some of these tools about how to – you know, to manage it and to be mindful, even in a very basic way, 
um, it can plant a seed that will help them as they grow. So blowing bubbles is a good way to show a toddler, a two, three-year-old this, um, four-year-old, having the bubbles, watching the bubbles blow, you know, taking that breath of air and thinking about the air that, that they're exhaling and watching the bubble and watching it float through the sky together as it until it pops and paying attention to the pop and, you know, then asking, you know, what did that look like and, you know, what did it sound like? And just that allows them, that gives them a focus and an awareness of something that they may not have done. And if they can learn to pick that up, even in the way of just watching bubbles, that can slowly start kind of transferring. You can you can help them build an awareness in other ways, too. You can transfer that into, you know, how are you feeling right now? Why are, you know, if if they, you sense that they're starting to, to um, be anxious or frightened, you know, transferring the, that awareness of the of watching the bubbles and the sorts of questions you would ask that child, watching the bubbles, asking them those same sorts of questions about their anxiety or about their fears, you know, why, what are you thinking about right now? And those are the sorts of things that you can help them learn about an awareness of their feelings and their surroundings. For a five to eight-year-old, I would suggest instead of a timeout in a corner, like a punishment, to give, that's how it would feel to them if you were having them um, maybe practice mindfulness. If they were starting to get anxious, you could give them um, a jar with water and glitter. Um, that, to me, still is very relaxing. I had a one of those bubble tubes back when I was in college and would just sit and watch it. And I didn't, at the time, didn't connect it being, you know, I didn't know about the mindfulness ideas and all that, but I just watching that was very comforting to me and very relaxing, watching the glitter settle. And little did I know that that's actually a way um, that's that has been shown uh, to help with relaxation. So you could also do that with a toddler as well. Uh, you could, but you know, this works with a five to eight year old as well, heck, even a teenager or an adult. So when your child needs to practice mindfulness, they could simply sit in a quiet spot, shake the jar and watch as the, the glitter floats down and settles to the bottom. And they can also learn um, to calm themselves on their own, either through that sort of, of, of activity of watching the glitter fall and that creates a, an awareness of the breath as they do so. Um, there's a really good app too that I've, I've got a link on the, on this, on the blog that has apps that I recommend for mindfulness. And one of them is, um, it's really cute too. It's a it's a blowfish, and there's a jar next to them, and it's filled with glitter. And you shake your phone, and it swirls the glitter around. And then the blowfish puffs up, and so you have that visual cue of breathing slowly and mindfully, as well as watching the glitter settle. So again, a lot of this ties back into some breathing and um, just some some cues for paying attention to the breathing and the breath. Um, 
for a 9 and 12 year old or even older there are some um some guided um they call I said this isn't meditation but there's some meditative where it's like a almost like a body scan where it's just um and there's just some very short 5 minutes where somebody is is it's a recording and people are speak the you know it's the person is speaking and just um bringing in awareness to checking in you know to see where you might be holding tension in your body or how your breath is so they have those created specifically for children and there's some that are tailored to a specific need um there's some that are created for bedtime there's some that are created for um for uh for homework settling in for doing homework um so there's there's specialized ones as well so those are a good those are good ways to get started incorporating it with your child and again just teaching them about the awareness of of learning to be taking that kind of a personal time out to check in and and check their breathing and check how they're feeling um as far as uh like I said carrying tension in the body so one of the other aspects is uh, for questions that I get is how <laughs> that my child struggles to sit still so how how do I do this well we just end up mad at each other and mindfulness is also good not just for anxiety but for children who are high energy or have ADHD it helps to help get recentered and to notice how their body's feeling so because of that once they um become more in tune they can reach into their mindfulness toolkit and practice some of the breathing once it becomes a little bit more of a of a habit and when i say when it becomes a habit one thing i want to keep in mind is that you often hear things like this referred to as a practice and it's because we're we're always practicing when i get stressed i don't the first thing i think of is not always okay i need to check my breathing and be mindful um my first reaction is to like is to want to yell or to you know react in some way and so it's a practice there's times when i do that and there's times when i do remember okay i need to breathe and i need to check in and be aware and bring my anxiety down and it's the same with our children and so i think for keeping in mind that it's a practice and to and to refer to it as that this is it's it's not something that um i don't think you you ever attain the level of achievement where you go aha i can i'm perfect at this and i always remember to practice my mindfulness um it's it's a habit that has to be developed for ourselves and also with our children but also it's just like any other habit you can get out of habit and so that's another aspect with your child to help remind yourself of and also to help them have an awareness and they might need they're going to need guidance to 
from you to help them uh, remember to check into that toolbox and to check in and see how they're feeling if it until it becomes um, more of a habit. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the important parts. And, and they can learn to do so by some of the ways that they can practice it are by taking a mindful walk and doing some mindful eating. And those are other aspects that I've I have some that I've written about on the blog um, on mindfulness specifically where I get a little bit more into each of those. You know, mindful eating might be sitting down with them and teaching them, you know, eat a, taking a raisin or a grape or something small. And to mindfully eat, it would be to hold it and to look at it and to smell it and to taste it and to pay attention. So this is going to be really unusual for most kids because we're all in the habit, I think, of just especially um, throughout our day, like hurry up and eat so we can go get back on the computer or do our work or hurry up and eat so that we can get off to baseball practice or hurry up and eat because we have to head out and do this. And so mindful eating is um, definitely very difficult. (laughs) um, (laughs) What did you say? I said I can imagine just busyness. It's hard yes. to get down, sit down as a family and, and eat. So yeah. And so yeah. mindful eating isn't necessarily eating a whole meal like that. It's really just sitting. You know, it can turn into that. And there there are people who can do that. Um, I watch my son, my my third child. He um, he eats very mindfully. He doesn't talk much through meals. He He's just always, since he was little, you can see him. Like, he makes the cutest little faces still while he eats because he's noticing things. You can ask him, what do you taste in there? And he can pick out the flavors. And he can, he really just enjoys his food. And and I've always just loved watching him eat because of that. It's just, it's adorable. But, you know, it's not something that um, most people, I don't think, could regularly do through an entire meal and so definitely sit start small it's something that you would just say let's try this peanut or let's try this grape or let's try these couple of bites and really pay attention to those and it's the same thing with a walk a mindful walk you don't have to spend the whole 45 minutes of your walk um doing uh, being mindful you can Start the walk and do five minutes of your walk being mindful. And all that means is paying attention to the sounds you hear and the smells that you smell and the way that the air feels. Is it cool? Is it hot? Is it brisk? Is it, um, you know, all those sorts of things. How do your feet sound as they're hitting the ground? And those are just ways to, to, again, they, all of these things sound can sound so um ah that just sounds boring or oh, I don't want to do that or but it really has a great way of centering you back and just bringing you into that of a an awareness out of that out of that past and present or that past and future tension and as I said the monkey brain of um just bringing that awareness back to centering ourselves to where we can we can really think about how we're feeling and what we're doing now without that um, 
tension of of, of past and past and uh, future. I keep wanting to say mm-hmm. past and present, and <laughs> which is what I'm trying to avoid because that's what we're trying. So anyway, mm-hmm. so those are just some some basic techniques of getting started that could be helpful for helping your child. And again, this is not a this is not an anxiety buster. It's not something that's going to cure anyone of anxiety, but what it is is just a great tool option um for helping your child. I know for me, it, the way I kind of look at it is when I started when after I was having a lot of panic attacks and I ended up on um on an antidepressant and on some medications. And my goal wasn't to stay on them. My goal, I was fine with staying on them as long as I needed to, but the way I saw them was that the medicine allowed all of this other stuff that was preventing me from being able to um, deal with my anxiety and learn some ways of managing my anxiety. I couldn't get to that point to learning to manage my anxiety because I had all this other, all this anxiety that I had to kind of go through. And what the antidepressant did was it allowed some of that edge to come off to where I could start learning tools and and techniques for learning to, to manage it. And that's how I see mindfulness too. The mindfulness isn't this isn't a solution to to any of this. It's just it's a tool for helping um, get through some of that muck and that that noise that's causing the anxiety to where we can kind of learn to manage it and and keep it from getting to a point where um, it's so where anxiety is so great that that it's harder to pull back and manage, which I think is a day-to-day, hour-by-hour option thing for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, you know, I, I, it, I, it's a daily thing that I have to manage, so, and I see it with my children as well. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, you mentioned technology, and um, all of the apps that you mentioned are actually in one of your blog posts on helpful apps yes. for children and teens with anxiety. Um, you already know that, right? <laughs> but yeah. do, you, do you see technology playing, because when you talk about mindfulness, nothing checks you out like technology can. Mm-hmm. And so how do you handle um, handle that? balance I guess or that's a good uh, question and that was one of the when I wrote that post I there was a part of me that struggled with it because of the fact that you know I I can get sucked down the rabbit hole really hard on my phone or my computer and so I you know I know how that could go and I know you know especially with teens they talk about technology you know the the amount of anxiety and depression that that certain aspects of social media and those sorts of things can cause and um we we utilize it a lot in our home with our home education um you know we've set limits on certain aspects of it you know to where 
this is what they're to be using it for at this time kind of thing. Um, but I think, you know, we have a lot of talks about technology. Our kids actually just got phones the past, it's been in the last month. And my oldest is 17. She just turned 17 this past Saturday. And so she was 16 when she got it, but yet my youngest still got his at the same time, and he's 10. So, we, you know, we knew we couldn't, you know, they're kind of at a point where they they need it. They're, they're involved in other things. So we knew we needed some sort of phone for them to be able to contact us or text us or, you know, hey, where are you? And, you know, in some ways that kind of alleviated anxiety in a certain way because that would create anxiety for them to, to be out somewhere and if somebody was running late it you know their brain would just go off into all the worst places that you know mm-hmm. they they tend to do so in some ways that we have brought the technology into their lives to help with the anxiety in those sorts of ways to where they can contact us and reach out to us if they need to and as they need to but we certainly as you said have had to balance it because um we don't want them to get sucked down into that and I, and I think that that as you said it's kind of the opposite of being mindful it's mm-hmm. you know an hour can pass and you realize that you're still sitting in the same spot that you were still scrolling on Facebook or mm-hmm whatever um so they don't have any of those sorts of accounts yet and so we're not into that um i think we've they're very limited right now because we didn't want to unleash at all we wanted them to kind of work on developing some habits and being aware of of the attention that it can pull and suck them into um so yes it's definitely um, that's something that I'm not, I haven't had to, to deal with just yet. So I'm learning as I go on some of this <laughs> stuff um, on how to prevent it from being um, a time suck. Yeah. And, yeah. and anything but mindful. But that's where, you know, those apps that I have on there, um, I, I think, and I even mentioned that in the, in that post, I believe, where, you know, it is kind of a love-hate thing. It can be, you know, those apps are are super helpful, you know. Mm-hmm. So technology in and of itself isn't, isn't, the, isn't the bad thing. Um, right. It's, you know, it just, we've been having to be, to use the word, very mindful in what we, <laughs> what we mm-hmm. allow and, and, and teaching them on how to use it. And setting mm-hmm. good examples because, you know, <laughs> it's easy for me to to tell them you shouldn't be doing that while and then turning back to my phone and go Right. Right. Well, because, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good. <laughs> I'll include that, a link to that article um, on the mommyjamiesnight.com um, page for this broadcast. So. Okay, do you um are we halfway, Carla? Um, am I half no, actually that was through a lot of what I was gonna talk about. Oh um, you're I done. Keep going. Oh no. 
<laughs> You're good. That was quick. Okay, so let me – I'm going to wrap it up here. Well, I felt like I, I lost track of time, and I felt like I talked, like, forever, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was following along. I just, like, I guess I was listening for, like, one, two, you know, in my mental thing well, here. It, okay. Yeah, I realized that after I was talking that I didn't have any, like, point two that I was saying or anything like that to cue you. That's okay. Okay, so what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to go ahead and read the end of the promo, and then I'll roll out, and thank you for coming, okay? Okay. Okay. All right, so here we go. Well, thanks, Carla, for joining us today. And as I mentioned, you can find her at livingthelifefantastic.com. I'll have all of her links and social media um, uh, ways you can connect with her on social media on the page, including um, a link to where you can hop over to her site and get the mindfulness uh, journal and gratitude pages for your child. Those are fun um, way to implement some of the things that she talked about today. So I just want to thank you for your time today, Carla. Thank you for having me. And we are thankful uh, to our sponsors. Uh, Thanks again to Sony Pictures Animation and Affirm Films, the star movie, for sponsoring this show, as well as the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Until next time, I'm Gina Glenn with Mommy Jammies Night, and I'll see you next month. I'm so happy you joined our session of Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop our guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with Gina Glenn on Mommy Jammies Night Facebook page and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page. Or via email at gina at mediaangels.com. God's blessing upon you and your family.